Sunday with Unified Next Door. And as a note, we won't have any online or in-person offerings on that weekend, so we've got to go. We'll see you there. Well, hey, good morning to everyone who's here in person. And those of you who are watching online, I'm going to echo Pastor Justin's happy Father's Day to all of you dads, all of you grandfathers, and for all of you men that have an integral part in shaping and forming our kids and our teenagers' lives. Hey, my name is Darren, and uh, I am the student engagement pastor here at Vista. And I'm so very thankful to have the opportunity uh, to bring the word to you guys as we open up God's word together today. Um, I'm personally very thankful for those men uh, over the years that continue to shape me into the person, into the man that I am today. Now, today's a cool day for me. Um, Today is actually my first Father's Day. Um, Yeah. So my wife and I um, have had the pleasure of welcoming an amazing, amazing young girl into our home uh, three months ago. She's very special to us. She has changed our lives, and man, am I learning a lot on the fly. I mean, for those of you who are parents, you probably could have told me a little something beforehand because I need the help, but what I can tell you today is that as parents, uh, we do our best to give our kids what not only what they want, but what they need, and sometimes what they need are some fun memories, right? So these fun memories can consist of maybe vacations to Disney World, maybe it's to the beach, Or maybe it's just a stroll around the neighborhood, going down the park, clicking some pictures, they go down the slide. We have some fun times with our kids. But then there are those other times, we'll call them, and some certain someones, they decide, hey, I want to try to do this instead of that and disobey. I'm not going to say anyone's name, but we might try that. And when that happens, as parents, we are called that we need to help shape our kids to be the best version of themselves. And in doing so, there are some consequences because we all have rules, we have guidelines, we have things that we put in place in our home, like I said, because we want our kids to be the best version of themselves. And that's the same thing between us and our Heavenly Father. See, God wants what's best for us, but sometimes we don't choose what's best. And so today what we are going to be doing, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 13. And in Romans 13, we are going to see today about the necessity for us to not only to submit, but to understand what that truly means. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you have a Bible app, go ahead, swipe open and uh, swipe open that app, open up the Bible Or if you don't have one, that's totally fine. For those of you viewing online, you can just see the verses that will be on your screen here in a second. So let's go ahead. Romans 13, verses 1 and 2 this morning. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Now, this portion of scripture, it's very difficult. And it could even be a tough pill to swallow. So like, what's God saying here? Is he saying that we have to be in these unjust, unfair situations and stay? 
Like, is he saying that we should just sit and take it, especially people who are in power? Well, before we answer those questions, let me give you all a little bit of history. See, during this time, the ruler, his name was Nero, and Nero was a terrible, a horrific ruler. He was a man that deserved zero, no respect from anyone. And what Paul is saying here is that, is that we need to listen to our authorities. See, because this man, Nero, he horribly and horrifically persecuted Christians, even Paul himself. And what Paul was doing here is he is painting a picture and he is saving, even in the midst of difficult things, we are called, we need to submit to those who are in authority. Now, I want to say this loud and clear today. We are not saying that those who are in unlawful, neglecting, abusive relationships should stay. Nor am I saying, nor is Paul saying, that those who are in terribly legal situations should stay. If you can get out, get out. But what I am saying today is that from God's word, from what Paul is saying, is that we, as God's children, our Heavenly Father has put in place earthly authorities and that we are to obey those authorities and that resisting what God has done, who he has appointed, is as though we're resisting God himself. See, Paul says in verse one, there's no authority except from God. And we ought to submit ourselves. See, we, we need to understand and know that God has appointed people into positions. And that if we are truly going to be God's children, we need to be obedient to submit to our Father. As we continue on with this chapter, let's read verses 3 through 7. For rulers are not in a terror to do good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good. You will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God. He's an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of the conscience. For because of this, you also pay your taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes, whom taxes are owed. Revenue, to whom revenue is owed. Respect, to whom respect is owed. And honor, to whom honor is owed. So there's, there's a lot in this section. But for our purposes today, we're just going to boil it down to this. God calls us, his people, to live in submission to him in whatever he has ordained to put in place. See, whether it is someone amazing or someone we're not very fond of, what we are called to do is we are called to pay our taxes, to give respect, to give honor where honor is due, 
and to do so even if it's in some difficult times and situations. This makes me think of, of James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. And, and it's written here, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, lacking in nothing. So you might ask today, why would God do such a thing? Why would he? Why would God appoint and allow someone who could take advantage of their position to be put in these situations? Why is he asking his children, us, to submit to these authorities? That is a huge ask, right? It is. You might be thinking two words this morning. Why, God? Why, God? See, Paul writes in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, my brothers, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. See, we're called to live lives that's pleasing to God not to our own flesh. See, Paul is saying here, he said, live your lives for God, even if it means it's tough. Follow Christ's example always. Your alliance belongs to God, not to Caesar. Pay your taxes. Don't cause any unnecessary trouble. A thought that some of y'all might have today is why must we live this way, especially when it seems so unfair? And that is very true. It's getting personal, is it? See, what hardships I want to ask today? Have you gone through the last 18 months? What hardships have you been through, even currently? What about some figures from the Bible? What about Joseph? See, Joseph... His brothers sold him into slavery. What about Job? Job lost everything, almost everything. And his three best friends and his wife said, hey, denounce God. What about Ruth? Ruth lost her husband. Her mother-in-law said, hey, go back with your family. And she stayed with her mother-in-law. Or what about Jesus? Who suffered the most unfair, unjust Thing ever, death on a cross. Philippians 2, 7 and 8, they say this, they say, taking on the very nature of a servant, Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, even obedient on a cross. For those of us who could complain, continuing to say those two words, why God? These folks could have done that. They could have gone their own way but what they did is they submitted to our creator, their father, our father. The same God we serve today is who they served back then. What type of perspective do you have right now? Do you have a why God perspective currently? This amazing man who I knew when I was in high school 
painted a picture of what submission to our creator truly is. See, this man, he, he was amazing. He was loved by many. He was a leader of God's kingdom. And in the prime of his life, he was diagnosed with ALS. And when this diagnosis happened, so many people were coming to him saying, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. A couple even came in and said, hey, aren't you mad? Aren't you so mad at God? Like, why would he do this to you? And his response was, instead of asking, why God? I'm saying, why not God? See, why not me? Why not me? See, this posture of why not me? That's one, it's the essence of true faith. It's one of true submission to God. It's one that Jesus even showed when he was in the garden. And he had blood coming out of his pores. He, he knew was, what was about to happen to him. And if you read the scriptures, Jesus says, not my will, but thy will be done. How many of us can ask that question today? Thy will be done. See, this quote has resonated with me over the years. So, so much. And maybe it resonates with you today. What about your current situation where you have some family strife? Some family division? Why not you? Maybe you have a recent diagnosis, unfortunately. Or maybe there's someone you love who's in the hospital. And you're just trying to get your head around this. Why not you? What about some financial strife that, that, ha- that has come because of the pandemic or a continued unemployment because of our situation? Why not you? Or what about the time when you heard that someone was gossiping about you and those who you thought were your friends are really your foes. Why not you? See, all of these are great instances. All of these are great opportunities for each and every one of us to hold on to Jesus. Are these situations I just spoke of, are they fair? No. In our eyes, they're not fair. Well, are we called to live in eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth mentality? No, but is our creator still in control? And is he present through all of these situations? Yes, he is present 100%. This is not about what happens to us. It's not about a woe is me. What it's about is do you trust God? Do you? We, as a community of believers, do we trust God? Ask yourself that question today. See, there's, there was a time in my life where I unfortunately, um, there were some individuals around me who had some concerns. And concerns led to gossip. And gossip led to slander. And slander led to defeating talking about my family 
and myself. See, initially, I wanted to handle things myself. I wanted to say, what's up? But I didn't. And I could tell you why. Because over the years, I've had men pour into my life, tell me, if you really want to show your faith to put your money where your mouth is, do it when people aren't looking. And that hit me harder than ever before. So I decided to keep my mouth closed. I decided to give it to God. I cried with those in a tight-knit circle that I let into my life, into my family's life. And the hardest, but I did it, is I loved those who hurt me and my family. Now, does that seem fair? Going back to those questions, no. Does it seem very counter-cultural? Yes. Does it seem very counterintuitive of how you might react rather than respond? But if we're going to do this, y'all, we have to change our framework. We have to start trusting that God has what's best in store for me, even when it means it's tough. So what's your current perspective? The second thing I I want us to look at here in Romans 13 is I want us to look at how submission to God leads to beautiful and amazing things. Now, before we jump into this, I want to speak a little bit more um, and reference us to Galatians 5, 6, which says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So compared to the first section of chapter 13, which Paul talks about submission, and he talks about faith, we are now going to see what a result of submission looks like. So let's read verses 8, 9, and 10 together right now. Romans 13. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. In any other commandment, they're summed up to these words, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling the law. So right here in verse 8, we see that Paul, he begins talking about the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments were given from God to Moses to communicate. And then Jesus, when he came from heaven to earth, he took it a step further. And he said, hey, these Ten Commandments, I'm going to sum them up into one phrase. And it's love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul is reiterating, Paul is reemphasizing right here what it truly means to fulfill the law. Now, it seems pretty easy, right? You can love people. You can do good things for people. You can feel good about yourself. But how genuinely are you doing carrying out this command in your own life? As, as I introduced myself recently, I, I At the beginning of this message, I had said that um, I'm the student pastor, and I'm humbled, I will use that word, to work with our our students. And there's two questions that we've come back to a lot this year. And those questions are, how well are you loving yourself? 
And what's your view of yourself? Now, that does not mean you give into whatever you want. That does not mean I want this or I'm going to try to get by on this. No, that, that's not what that means. How we've kind of come to sum it all up is, do you know how much your father, our God, our creator loves you? Do you know that? Because once we come to the realization that our heavenly father loves us, we can joyfully, we can positively, we can go and we can love others and just not love them, but we can love them well. The likeliness, if we have a bad view of ourselves, or we live in insecurities or, or we just don't want to submit to God because we're holding on to something or some things, we might not be loving people the best we can. What's holding you back today from living out that commandment? And I want to ask each and every one of you here and online today, how are you doing? And not, and not, not, not this, you're passing by someone and you're like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, all right, see ya. Like th this is not a welcoming, it's how are you? How are you genuinely doing? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing emotionally? What's been tough for you? Do you feel like you're in a good space where you can love people well? And if not, have you invited anybody into that space? See, back in January, uh, when we did our Rooted study as an entire church, we also did it at our, our middle school and high school levels as well. And one of the amazing things that came from our Rooted study were the testimonies, the stories of so many of our high school friends who genuinely shared, there were times in my life that I'm, I wasn't okay there are times in my life still when I'm not okay. And what that brought is tears and hugs and community that kept building and building and building where people who didn't know Jesus and would come up to me and say, hey, I don't know God, but I like what's going on here. Literally, that happened to me one Sunday. I'm like, I'm glad you're here. This is great. And because of that genuineness, more people want to be a part of it. Have you authentically let one trusted person into your life today? I'm just asking for one. Doesn't have to be broadcasted. Nothing. Have you let one trusted person in your life today, especially if you don't feel as though you're doing well? One of the things that, that, that we've talked about uh, before in Surge is Romans 12.2, which Paul continues on right here. Let me read that re real quick. And it's, if things are tripping you up, if you don't feel okay, what do we do? What's our action step? See, I'm someone, I want to know what to do. And it's this, it's do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, his good, acceptable, and perfect will. 
Like I said, this follows verse 1 in chapter 12, which talks about sacrificial living. And in order to live a sacrificial life, one that is submitting to God and what he has planned for us, we need to let God continue, not just one time, but continuously rework, reshape, and mold our minds so it can infiltrate the 18 inches from our brains down to our heart. And when we don't give the thoughts of anxiety, of worries, of insecurities, of complacency, of hatred, whatever it might be for you, we truly are submitting to God wholeheartedly. If you want to submit, give God your stuff. Think of it as a, as a potter, all right? He, he's sitting down, he's got his potter's wheel right in front of him. He's got this dry square piece of clay. And as he starts pushing that pedal, he gets his hands wet. And he starts shaping this piece of clay. And then after he starts shaping it, he takes a little tool and he starts engraving some, some more spaces. And after his time, however long it takes him, he then shapes it into this masterful, wonderful piece of art. See, y'all, in that analogy, God is the potter and we are the clay. But we have to allow God to put us on that wheel in that space so he can start helping us reshape. And how do we do so? By submitting to God. Are you willing to surrender to him today? Have you ever surrendered to Jesus? And what does that surrendering look like? It's what Jesus said in the garden. Not my will, but thy will be done. See, a, a lot of us, we might think, Darren, I, okay, this all sounds good. Okay, I know the action steps I need to take. This is great. But what, what if I'm scared? Like, I, I, I love to have control of things. I can't let go. It makes me think uh, of this analogy. We're in a tug of war. Picture yourself on one end and Satan on the other. And you're going back and forth, and all of a sudden, you're inching closer to that midway line. You're inching closer and closer. But the whole time, y'all, Jesus is literally right behind you saying, let go. Let go. He's saying, and then it gets louder, let go. And he says, let go, to the point where he's screaming, let go. But we have to be the ones to choose to let go, y'all. Are you willing to let go and let God do transformative work inside of you today? I can't do that for y'all. Our staff, we can't do that for y'all. But what we can do is come alongside y'all. But we need to know something might not be adding up to know to help you. And in the midst of having a difficult time letting go of that rope, one of my best friends in life, uh, a man who has impacted me like no other, his name's Rob Crocker. Some of y'all know him. And, and, and Croc says this. He says, life wouldn't be so hard if we didn't expect it to be so easy. 
Life wouldn't be so hard if we didn't expect it to be so easy. Who wants life to be easy? I know I do. (laughs) I want what I want at my timing. I don't want to have to go through difficult things. So wherever you are at today, whatever you are holding on to that you're not letting go, know that letting go of your mindsets, your selfishness, any secrets, anything that you're looking to be easy, maybe it's a a sloth-like attitude, lusting, gossip, betrayal, hardship, inconveniences, pride, coarse language, your will versus God's will, whatever it is for you. I want to say this loud and clear today. Name it, don't claim it, because it's not yours to keep. Name it, don't claim it, and give it to God. It's like in Philippians 3, when, when Paul, he's talking about rubbish. Rubbish. What rubbish do you need to give to God today? We can't be allowing trash and sin to build up in our lives. Because the more there is the intimacy with Jesus, that gap widens more and more and more. So as as we wrap up our time today, I just want to leave you all with a couple of thoughts. Verse 14 says this, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, y'all, clothe yourself to look like, to act like, to think like, to submit to God and be transformed by his son, Jesus. And today I want to encourage each and every one of us here in this room and online, truly submit to God and you will begin to know the joy of your actions, your transformed mind, and the attitude of what it truly means to be conformed, to change, to be more like Jesus. Y'all, there's more to life than what we want to do. I see, I see that clearly as a parent of how selfish, as a, as a spouse, how selfish I can be. But if we really want to live a life that's transformative, if we really want to live a life that is not my will, but thy will, to let go and let God do his thing, we need to be able to submit to Jesus today. What is keeping you from true submission to God? And after we truly submit to our Father, and after we allow him to work into a space where we can genuinely love others, which comes as a result of our submission to him, the third thing is we can now go. God, who do you have for me that you want me to share your love and your gospel to? Just like the scriptures say, here am I, send me. Submission leads to transformative love, which leads to missional work. Go, go, 
go. Lord, we thank you so much for how you continue to work in so many great and amazing spaces. Jesus, I pray that, that today, in the midst of, uh, of opening your word, in the midst of, of words that were being spoken over the last half hour, I pray, Jesus, that more than anything, we would know you more today, that we would not leave thinking that was a good time, but we would leave being changed. That we would leave not only challenged, but changed and knowing you deeper. I pray in the midst of our, um, our desire to stay in comfort, Jesus, I pray that we would let go and allow you to work on our hearts today. That we would submit to you, Heavenly Father, and maybe we've never submitted to you. And if so, then I pray that today we would submit to you for the very first time by knowing what Jesus did after the garden, which was die on the cross for our sins. And we pray that, that today we would submit, that we would love you and love others well, and that you would help us as we say, here am I, send me. Who do you have for me who do you have for yourself? Use me as a vessel for your glory, God. We love you and we thank you for the opportunity to worship you freely in your name. Amen. Hey, I want to thank all of you online uh, who were with us today and we will see you all next time. All right, Pastor Tammy. Give it up for Pastor Tammy for some announcements. <laughs>